If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all-natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you to Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike podcast. Go check that out. Fantastic podcast with uh, Nick Jacobs. He works at 41, which is a crazy tie-in to the uh, 41 is the Mike podcast. Which came first? 41 is the Mike podcast and then Nick Jacobs going and working at 41 or him working at KSHB 41 and then they called it 41 is the Mike podcast. I'm not sure. I can't figure it out. It is a question that will go on for ages. That's one of those great unanswerable questions, but... Thank you to uh, Matt Derrick joining us right now. Let's talk with yet another Matt. It's a Matt day. It's a Matt Friday. Uh, Matt Tate, R1S1, and Perpetual Sports Network covering the Kansas Jayhawks. When we have Matt Tate on, that's presented by 23rd Street Brewery. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to hear all of you guys are as well. Uh, Josh told me everybody's all right. So good to, good to hear. Pretty scary stuff the other day, but I'm um, glad to hear you guys are all right. And... Uh, We'll move forward, man. But thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know that when we, uh, anytime we have you on, we appreciate that. Um, let, let's start with this. Um, you know, this is a, a game this weekend against Oklahoma. It's on the road. Is it just? Is it as easy as saying it's the Big Twelve and it's going to happen uh, with the uh, the KU road struggles? Is there something more to that that you can look at and tie into as to why there's been such a, a feeling of a Jekyll and Hyde of uh, playing in Allen Fieldhouse versus uh, leaving Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody should view that as an excuse. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess maybe it is, but but the Big Twelve's really good. And, you know, these teams can beat any of these teams any given night. We know that. We've seen that at the top of the league and at the bottom of the league, really. So I think that's fair. I think it's a real thing. Um, but, you know, the other thing that's, that's so striking is a couple weeks ago, I think it was, Self was asked, you know, why is it so tough on the road this year? And I thought his answer was great. He said, it's tough on the road every, every year. year yeah. We've just been very fortunate. And Part of that is the personnel. Part of that is the experience. Part of that is the, the, the rosters that they've had. Part of that's him, of course. But, you know, I, I think that was a cool moment to put the whole thing in perspective because it is sort of a birthright for KU fans to feel like, well, we're going to obviously win all our home games in league, and then we're going to go win more games on the road in league than we lose, and then we're going to be champs. And that's just how it goes. So, um, you know, that's not how it goes, right? And, and I, I thought that was interesting. Again, I don't think it was self-making an excuse. I think it was just the fact that he's seen it from that perspective his whole career, and he's reminded people we've been very good on the road because we've been locked in and dialed in and very, very fortunate and had some great players. But that hasn't been easy. It's not like we've gone on these road trips and just walked through it, any of these games. So um, I, I think that the Jekyll and Hyde nature of it is probably – partly the, the personnel, um, as good as DeWan Harris and K.J. Adams and even Kevin McCullough are and have been in this conference, they're all still in new roles for this team, right? Like Kevin's 
kind of a, a go-to scorer. He's never been that. At Texas Tech, he wasn't that. And, and last year, he wasn't that at KU. So even though he's older and a veteran, he, he's doing this for the first time. And, of course, he hasn't played in a couple of those games. So that's part of it. Um, and, and then, you know, DeWan's not a scorer. Um, he can score, but he's not a KJ, a, like a couple of years now, I mean, um, these, these more important roles as an upperclassman. So I just think it's, it's part of it is just the whole concept of how the pieces fit. And um, for that to be the case in February on February 15th is crazy. I mean, that's just not something we see. But if, if nothing else, that's probably the reminder of, again, how good – and, and how much good fortune this program has had over the years. This is very rare, and, and, and they're going through it right now. But, you know, they're also, what, 19-6, and six, and if that's yeah. going through it, that's probably okay by most standards. So it, it, it's going to be a really interesting weekend. It's going to be a really interesting final six games here because, you know, anything's on the table. I mean, if they win out, they could challenge for the league title still. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know that they will do that, or even if they do, if that would be enough. But if they do, it's, it, it could be in the cards, and – you know, if they go 500 and they lose three on the road and win three at home, we could be looking at Kansas as a four, five, six, seven seed in the conference tournament, which would be, you want to talk about panic. Yeah. I think people would really freak out then, even though they shouldn't, right? Even though, and self kind of resigned himself to the fact, uh, to this fact a while ago this season, I think, it, it really isn't about the conference tournament. It really isn't about the conference race. Like, we just want to keep getting better. And uh, I think he's got a point there, and it's just not the way Kansas has always done it. You know, they've, they've focused so much on that Big 12 race, and, and for good reason, um, that it's weird for them to, to, to be looking at, like, let's just peak at the right time. You know, they, they, I think the fan base especially, and, and even within the program, they expect their peak to be a season-long thing. So this has definitely been different, but it, it's going to be an interesting six games to close it out here. But that hasn't really been the case, even when you're saying, you know, the peak is the entire season. We know that. Um, and and the, true, the Jayhawk true. basketball team, and Bill Self knows that, right? I mean, they've they've had their struggles. I mean, the last time they, when they won the national championship most recently, I mean, the big story throughout the season was uh, Remy Martin and what was going on behind the scenes, and they can't get him to sort of fit in, and what's the rotation? And, and all it did was uh, end up in the NCAA tournament where they win a championship in large part because Remy Martin sort of turned it on and, and burst onto the scene. Yeah, great point. I mean, it's just like there's there have been things. It's always it always seems to be first world problems, right? With uh, with KU, and this one yeah, is sure. you know the first world problem is you know uh, they can beat Baylor and Houston at home, but they are struggling on the road and figuring out sort of the rotation and getting more from the bench. But also, you know, the health is a is a big issue. And and after this Oklahoma game, so K State and Mizzou, the local teams, have this week off, no midweek game for them. And uh, next week will be KU's no midweek game and have that week off. How beneficial do you think that will be after they leave Norman on Saturday that they don't have to worry about another game until a week from Saturday? Yeah, I think they need it. Um, obviously, they're they're banged up. I'm sure most teams are. So, again, you hate to talk about that as any kind of excuse. But, you know, when you don't have any depth and you're playing five guys that you really trust, um, if three of them are, are dealing with injuries, it, it makes it harder. So uh, they could use the rest for sure to get healthy, but also the mental part of it. I mean, this has been, you know, that's a lot on their shoulders. These guys are, are carrying a lot of weight, and they love it. And that's why they come to Kansas, and they believe that they can deliver and, and all of those things. But it doesn't mean it's easy, and it doesn't mean it can't 
exhaust you, and I think those guys are exhausted right now. You keep hearing them talk about tired, tired, tired. I think it's tired mentally as much as it is physically. So comes at a really good time. Um, and, and, you know, look, like this, again, this weekend, this Oklahoma game is so massive um, because they get their next two at home. And if they can win in Norman, it gives you that boost of, okay, hey, we just beat a top 25 team on the, on the road um, and, and a good team at that. And, you know, the road's where they've struggled. So this could be a really big lift just in mm-hmm. and of itself. But then you look at coming back home for two, Texas the following Saturday, and then I think it's BYU after that. And all of a sudden you could have a nice little three-game winning streak. And, and you know, all the struggles that they've had the last couple weeks could be all but forgotten. And uh, so, you know, you don't get that three-game winning streak. You don't get that that confidence. You don't get that juice um, of addressing your problems and, you know, sort of overcoming them, right, without this win tomorrow. And so I, I think, you know, you could probably do this five, six times in the Big 12 with every team, but I think that makes this Saturday's game at OU maybe the biggest game of the year. Um, it just it just comes at a time where they could really use it for a lot of reasons, and it could really be a springboard to uh, to putting them back on the path that they believe they should be on. And, 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 look, I think they still can be on that path. I mean, they're starting five when they're healthy. It's as good as anybody's out there, and that's all you need in March. So, it, it, again, it, you know, these six games are going to be interesting, but obviously whatever comes after that is too because um, I asked Self yesterday, you know, he, he always talks, you've heard this, he always talks every year about there's that one – moment where a team really becomes a team um sometimes it's adversity sometimes it's winning on the road sometimes it's winning without a, a starter some, whatever it is you know sometimes it's not even a game thing it's just a, a maybe something happened in practice you know uh, guys guys get a little heated and then they come together whatever it is and most teams have that i think but he he really emphasizes that he talks about that every year and usually it's you know, sometime in January or early February. I, I asked him yesterday about that. Have you had that moment yet? And he said, no, we, we haven't. And he said, it'll come. You know, self, he's as confident as they come. So mm-hmm. he said, it'll come. Um, but, you know, we haven't had it yet, and we're, we're still looking for that. And, and then I followed up and said, is there is there a timeline on that? You know, do you need it by next week, or, or how does that work? And he said, well, you know, I, you look at UConn, I don't think they had a timeline on theirs last year, and they didn't really come together until the NCAA tournament. So I, I, I kind of thought there probably was a timeline, but when he put it in that perspective, uh, he even went back to NC State in, in 83, I think, hmm. and, and said they almost, you know, didn't make the tournament and then got in and won the whole thing in, in a Cinderella fashion. So there's a lot of examples, I'm sure, but, but I, I, when I asked the question, I did think there probably was some kind of a timeline on it, and his answer made me think, yeah, no, there really isn't. You just have to find it at some point. And, and your point about the 22 team, I mean, the, the Remy Martin equation was, or the part of the equation was not a factor at all until it counted. And so the, that kind of answers that, that question as well. You know, that proves a little bit right here at home that, even Kansas has had a moment where it didn't fully click until it mattered, and then it did, and, boy, it looked good when it did. So could this be that team? Maybe, you know, um, because they've had their chances at adversity. They've had opportunities to, to go win big games on the road or, or win without starters or whatever it is, and, you know, they haven't taken those as, as that moment yet. So um, if it is coming, it'll be interesting to see when it is, and, Based on self and his track record and this program, you'd, you'd probably think he's right. It probably is coming.
Visiting with Matt Tate, R1S1 Sports, Perpetual Sports Network, uh, is our guest, presented by 23rd Street Brewery. Um, uh, Bill Self sounded optimistic that Kevin McCuller will play uh, tomorrow against uh, Oklahoma. Um, same thing with McDowell, uh, that he sounded optimistic and, and certainly seemed like not even optimistic that, you know, Jamar, you're going to play tomorrow. Uh, but uh, Kevin McCuller not playing the last couple of uh, games. I-, I did wonder, Matt, if... I, I know that um, you know Oklahoma's a big game, and you don't want to just simply hold somebody out for the sake of holding him out. If he's good to go, then play him. But I did wonder if it would come to, is he fully 100% yet? And if not, and, and that's one of those relative terms, but and if not, do you, do you hold him out for one more game, and then you got the full week off to hopefully that bone bruise healing even more? But you know, Bill Self saying he practiced Wednesday, and they'll see how it continues to go this week and on Friday as well, which is now today. Um, but he's optimistic he'll play tomorrow. Um, uh, would you would you be surprised or uh, or expecting to see him out there tomorrow? And and uh, what do you make of uh, even uh, one more game? What it would be for him missing Oklahoma uh, and uh, and and maybe being a little more healthy for the stretch run? Yeah, I thought a lot about that earlier in the week, and I, I kind of thought that the you know quote unquote right move would maybe be to hold him out. Um, but then when I looked at it a little bit more, obviously we heard the update from Self yesterday, so that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But when I heard the update a little bit, I mean, when I, when I thought about it a little bit more and, and realized again what I just talked about, the magnitude of how important this game could be, I, I think you need him. I think if he can go, you, yeah. you, you take what you can get from him. And um, I think the key will be, right, like can he play without coming away from that game feeling like, well, I made it, but I'm – not any better off like now it hurts again and and that's yeah. you know that's the big question can you could you baby play him 25 minutes and get something and, and give him a chance to get back out there and then you know get a quality 25 minutes from him but not tax him to the point where he wakes up on Sunday and he's like crap this this is right where I was you know now even if that's the case as you mentioned you know they they do have the full week off so he could get some more rest but you just feel like then you're setting the, the stage for for uh you know, okay, this is how it's going to go. You, you can you can find a way to get up to play, and then every time you do, it comes right back down and you're hurting again, and you're never going to feel like you can string, you know, a few games in a row together. So um, I, that's going to be a, a major question um, that they still have to answer. I, I, you know, you know Kevin, he's he's certainly competitive and wants to be out there, especially because this is, this is it for him. You know, he's, he's down to his mm-hmm. final six regular season games as a college basketball player, and then from there, it's uh, do or die after that. So, you know, I know he wants to be out there, and, and um, he's had a great year. He, he's, I, I think he's been inefficient um, in a lot of ways after a really good start. But, but, you know, I think he's still trying to show people what he is and how he can be and, you know, attract the eye of some scouts. And no better way to do that than, than to finish strong down the stretch and put your team in position to be a one or a two seed or, or win the Big 12 or whatever he's capable of leading them to still. Um, but I do think this team's so much more than him, and it's, it's not, you know, let's get on Kevin's shoulders kind of the way people have seen teams in the past get on Jalen Wilson's shoulders or, or Ochai's shoulders at that time. You know, I, I don't think that's Kevin McCuller or his game. So I, I think that it, it the best they've played this year has been when – and I wrote about this a few weeks ago, but but McCullough took, like, I think eight shots in that Houston game. I think he was seven for eight. And I, I think nobody would argue that that was the best they looked all year. I mean, um, 
other other times we've seen him go five for 18, six for 17, four for 17, six for 18. I mean, it's just, you know, you don't want to knock him because a lot of those times he's trying to make a play and, and, and he's being thrown the ball with six on the shot clock and somebody's saying, go do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that puts him in a really hard spot. But I think the, the high volume of, of shots and how it relates to his efficiency mark, um, I think that's real. I think that's a, a significant thing. And, and I think that, you know, if, if you could pick the sweet spot and you can't really do it because of the game flow and it's hard to tell a guy to go into a game, and okay, you only shoot 10 times today. But I, I do think for Kevin it'd be if you shoot, you know, in the 10 to 12 range, we're going to be a much better basketball team. And, and I think the numbers have shown that. And, and we've seen it with our eyes, too. So, um Maybe that plays into that 25 minutes idea, right? Like, yeah. he's only out there 25 minutes. He's probably not shooting 18, 20 times, but maybe he shoots 10 in those minutes, and, and it's highly efficient, and it gives him something, but it also doesn't stress him to the point where he's, you know, worse for wear. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, nothing would surprise me. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he plays all 40. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play. and and anything in between, but um, it's obvious they need him back as soon as they can get him back. It's a different uh, you know, uh, scenario and, and situation than, than what I'm going to bring up here, and I know it's not necessarily apples and apples, um, but just from the health perspective of what's more important heading into the postseason, because there are still games to win, there's still uh, seeding to be able to gain throughout this season as opposed to you know, the last game of the season for the Chiefs, they already had their three seed locked up. They couldn't get the two seed. They couldn't be the four seed. They were the three seed. Travis Kelsey had 16 yards to get to 1,000, and he sat out because he wanted to be healthy. And he looked completely different by missing that one particular game. And the conversation around here, Matt, was what's more important for this Chiefs team to get the two seed and get a home game or to be playing better football uh, towards the end of the season going into the playoffs. And as we found out, the one, two, three C didn't matter because they went on the road and, and won because they were playing really good football at the time. And it's kind of like what we talked about, you know, when you were discussing the, you know, what they look like in February and can they figure things out. And, you know, this late in the season, it's like, well, the Chiefs figured something out the, uh, you know, second to last game of the season and then they turned it on. Right. Um, and, and I've just wondered, you know, uh, this week, especially with McCuller missing Saturday and Monday, that, you know, uh, what's what's the more important part of, you know, his health? And seeing if he can be, you know, 100% with the bone bruise uh, and, and getting him back late in the season, if, even if it means, a, you know, a five seed or, or a six seed as opposed to like uh, a four or something like that. Like if they go to Oklahoma and lose by 15, but Kevin McCuller played 30 minutes and doesn't feel great, then what did you really gain? Right. You still lost yeah, that particular right. game. You know, what's the uh, the more important part? And Bill Self will figure all of that out. You have trust in him because he's won multiple national championships. But I think that's part of the difficult aspect of it because if, if Bill Self had a crystal ball and said, look, Kevin McCuller plays 30 minutes and, and uh, you know, our team lost by 12, 13 points, boy, I'd like to give him that extra day off and, and rest. No but doubt. going to Oklahoma matters. Going to Oklahoma and winning that game would be big for the Big 12 and it would be big for, you know, seeding purposes as opposed to uh, losing that game, getting a week off. So these are the things that a coach has to juggle, but KU being in a different mindset than almost, you know, any other program out there, not everyone, but almost any other program of whatever they're doing in February is always with the uh, eye towards middle March. Yeah, no, I I think you you have a great point there. I mean, I and and look, like self's very in tune with what's happening down the road in Kansas City with the Chiefs and he's a fan and he loves Andy Reid and and you know, it's two different sports, but it's still coaching and, and it's still being the CEO of a team and, and figuring it out as you go. And 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's looked at that as an example of, you know, there's another instance where, where you know, it, it, they didn't look good at all when they were losing to the Raiders and whoever else they were mm-hmm. losing to late in the season. But it didn't matter. They they looked like the best team in football when they had to look like the best team in football, and we can still do that as a college basketball team. So I think there's definitely some, uh, I don't know if you call it, you know, motivation or inspiration or whatever the word is, for that, but but I think there's definitely some of that um, because of the proximity of the two programs, and I, you know I know KJ Adams, even though he's an Austin, Texas kid, he's he's a huge Chiefs fan, and and you know it'd be hard for these guys not to be, I think, growing not not growing up here, but living here, and and just seeing what's happening with that with that franchise over the last several years that they've been here at KU. So, you know, even if it's subconscious, it, it probably is playing some kind of role in their minds because. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I listened to your show, and, and, and you guys were talking plenty about, I don't know if this is the year. You know, like, <laughs> we, I, hey, they, no, we weren't. We talk about Matt. We yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> doubted him for <laughs> a second. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But, you know, it was always with the caveat of they have Mahomes, they have a chance. It's always that, yeah. you know, and that's right. kind of the Bill Self part of this, right? And yep. so, um, but it was very real, and it, and, it, and it looked that way. And then, you know, snap your fingers, and it didn't look that way. I mean, it looked like the same old, same old. Kansas City's rolling, and here they go. They're unbeatable. And so I think that's, you know, that's sports, and that's real, and that's a thing that, that absolutely could benefit Kansas. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think they'll tap into that a little bit. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how much motivating and and you know uh fueling these guys and providing drive for them still self has to do because that houston game was a great example of that and i I think it was parker brown i talked to him after that game and he said in the locker room before the game coach was like these are the best games in the world to coach because i don't have to do anything like (laughs) my guys are up for these games i don't have to motivate them i don't have to give a speech i don't have to do anything like that uh, because they're ready and they know what, what this game means. And I think that's what happens when you get to March, right? Like, they know what that means. They know the score. And so if you can just navigate these next few weeks, maybe maybe it does flip. Maybe the switch comes on and, and they're fine. And, and, again, with their talent and that roster and that lineup, that's certainly not a crazy thing to think about or talk about. Um, but, you know, they have to get there without being – emotionally damaged and, and mentally exhausted. And I think that's the big question now. Can they can they can they surf these waters over the next few weeks where they still feel enough confidence and feel good about themselves to the point where when that switch is there they, they can reach it and they can flip it and now we go. So, you know, that's that's why these games and, and everything are so important along the way. But I do think you're right. I mean if 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 he knew they were gonna lose by double digits and McCullough would play thirty minutes I think he'd probably sit him. I mean, but, you know, nobody knows that. And and who knows? I mean, I, you know, I thought with, with four games left, that, that would be going into Monday uh, at Texas Tech, four road games, that is. I, I just had a, a feeling that they were going to win two of them. And so now they got to get two of the last three for me to be right. And I'm certainly wrong plenty, but there's still <laughs> something about it. I mean, I just don't see Kansas going one and eight on the road. I just, I mean, as good as the conference is, as, 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 challenged as this Kansas roster is I, I mean one and eight man that's crazy right like three and six will be a little bit crazy um mm-hmm. but that looks a heck of a lot better than one and eight so I, I just I just don't don't see one and eight and I could be dead wrong but 
Um, I'm putting a lot of faith in those guys figuring it out because I've seen it a hundred times in a row. So we'll see. It'll be really interesting. We had uh, we talked with Todd Lebo earlier today, uh, the uh, Oklahoma Sooner, uh, Todd Lebo, and he said, you know, I want you to ask Matt Tate, who had a worse uh, midweek game or, or a, a middle-of-the-week game uh, this week? Was it uh, Oklahoma losing by 17 to Baylor or uh, KU losing by 29 to Tech? He's like, that's all I want to know. Who was worse this week? He's also you know, a self-deprecating Oklahoma fan uh, as right, they get ready right. to play this weekend. So he's like, yeah, that, that's all I want to know. Who was worse uh, this week? Was it uh, Oklahoma or KU? Good. Well, when you said <laughs> Todd, Todd Lebo had something to ask me, I thought, he was going to ask you to ask me about my beloved Broncos, so I'm glad we're not going there. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't, no, no. we don't want to talk about that. There's really not much to talk about. No, and, no. Uh, I'll give you know, a reprieve from that because right we've mentioned the Chiefs a couple of times already, so you know, we'll, we'll yeah, give you a reprieve from that. Yeah, sounded like a decent guy when I mentioned it, didn't I? That was great. <laughs> That's uh, exactly right. <laughs> no, I think it was Kansas, man. I mean, I think, like, I, I think it's uh, – I think they went down there even without Kevin – and and believe they could win that game, and and then to just get the doors blown off like that, I, you know, it was ugly. It, it, you saw it, and and I think that the other part of that is is when your coach gets ejected. Um, I I don't know that that's just sort of I don't want to call it rock bottom, but I, I feel like you know I don't I wrote this too. I don't think that Self did that as a motivational tool. I wasn't he wasn't like let me see if I can get a T to get the boys fired up. You know that was. Nothing like that. That game was over, and they were dead in the water when he got tossed. And and uh, so I think though, when 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 you get beat, you know, as, as bad as you've been beat, um, and it's on the road, and the other team's laughing in your face, and they're putting a highlight reel together down the final five minutes, and you're having to just sit there and wear it, um, and then your coach gets tossed out. I mean, it, it's sort of that man. The, the wheels are falling off here. What is happening? You know, and and. Again, that's not a position that Kansas is, is used to being in at all. So, I, I, you know, I didn't see the OU Baylor game. Uh, obviously, that's a, a pretty significant score too. But by the mere fact that this was 29 points, man. I mean, I, I was at the USC game in Indy in the tournament oh, yeah. when they got beat 34, um, and and this didn't feel quite like that. But but it would have if it was at USC, right? Like it, the only difference was it was a neutral site, but. Um, when you add to the fact that this was, you know, a, a whipping like KU never suffers, and it was on someone's home floor, who, by the way, you've seen it on TV and whatnot. If you haven't been there, Texas Tech student section and, and home atmosphere is, I mean, I've said this for a few years now, but yeah. it, it's as good as it is. There is. I mean, they, they are they are fired up, and they bring it, and they, they are engaged the whole game. So, you know, that, that sucks. That sucks to have to sit through, especially when the last 10 minutes of the game, you know it's over. And the fans know it's over, too, and they're just laughing at you. So um, I don't know if that's how it was at Baylor or not um, for that OU game. I don't, I don't know if that's what OU had to go through, too. Um, but I would, I would say that, that nobody had a worse week than Kansas. Um, even the K-State loss on Monday night before that I don't think was quite as bad because, A, they should have won the game. B, they had chances to win the game. And C, you know, there's that idea of, well, we know what Grambling is going to be like. They're, they're, they they get fired up for us. They're, it's going to be X, Y, and Z, and it was. And so, you know, uh, I'm not saying they didn't expect Texas Tech to be crazy, but it, it was a different kind of crazy, man. I mean, they were, like I said, it was it was like they were laughing at Kansas, and and they should have been. They were they were kicking their butts. So that's tough. That's a hard one to 
hard one to wear. So that, Mr. Lebo, would be my answer. <laughs> Matt Tate from R1S1, the Perpetual Sports Network, presented by 23rd Street Brewery. Matt, you're the man. Appreciate the time today, sir. Um, safe travels to uh, Norman and back, and uh, we will talk soon, man. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Good to catch up. And uh, we'll talk soon for sure. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, there's uh, Matt Tate. Great stuff from him as uh, KU gets ready for a road trip. They have struggled on the road, certainly. Uh, Bill Self optimistic that Kevin McCuller will play tomorrow. And we'll see how much of a difference that can make. Uh, certainly he could have made a difference on Monday night. I don't think he makes a 29-point difference on Monday night against uh, Texas Tech. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and continue rolling. There's uh, updated information in um, uh, relation to the uh, shooting at the uh, rally on Wednesday uh, and the suspects in custody. Uh, and we'll also talk to uh, one of the heroes from uh, that um, you know tragic day on Wednesday. And then Kendall Gammon will be our guest coming up at 1.20. We'll continue with more Zone right after this. All right, hanging out here on this Friday edition of The Zone. Jason Anderson with you, Dylan Michaels, heading up until 2 o'clock. We will talk with Kendall Gammon coming up about an hour from now. A little less than an hour from now. We'll talk with Chastity Logston, who was one of the heroes at the parade on Wednesday. Seen administering CPR to one of the victims uh, as um, uh, a lot of videos that are coming out. As so many things that were happening at the parade. Uh, someone who is an ER nurse, as she is then springing into action and going and helping. And there are so many stories of that that have come to light. We heard Trey Smith on Good Morning America yesterday that he was talking about giving the WWE belt to one of the kids who, you know, was uh, very hysterical and inconsolable with his dad and just scared. And Trey Smith tells him, man, nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to hurt you. I got you. You're the champ. We hear the story of, uh, if you haven't heard, one of the moms thanking Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who uh, grabbed her son and shielded him when the shooting started. Um, instinctually, Clyde, you know, uh, trying to find, you know, or, or not even trying to find just somebody near him, that that was his instinct to do that. We hear the stories of Andy Reid trying to help and Blaine Gabbard and James Winchester and and on and on and on. Um, those different stories uh, you know, coming out today. There's pictures of some of the kids at Children's Mercy with Patrick Mahomes and Brittany that they went to Children's Mercy and visited some of the victims uh, there of the shooting. Um, and, by the way, before people get cynical, the picture is put out by the kids' families, not by Patrick or Brittany, because I'm tired of all the cynical people right now that's going on in our lives. And I should ignore them. I get it. I should totally ignore them. Uh, and that's sort of the cesspool that is social media at times. But it is. it does make it hard uh, to ignore them. Um, and, and maybe that's my own uh, issue in seeing those and um, ignoring some of the great comments and thinking, why is this person, why are you the way that you are? Um, but I'm glad there are a lot of people that are the way that they are. It's around a miserable campus. existence. It must for be. Sure. It must be. It can't be fun at all. It must be a miserable existence to see Taylor Swift donate $100,000 and say, why didn't she donate more? To see that Taylor Swift donated $100,000 to the GoFundMe and say, well, why did she put her name on it? It's truly an example that no matter how good someone can be, there right. will always be a 5 to less percent of the population that just hates it. For there some will, reason. There will always be, gotta, be just people that just suck. Yep. Just like, I mean, she didn't have to donate anything, right? And then the TMZ story that, that came out last night of the guys, uh, or yesterday, the guys going and, quote, partying 
uh, on uh, Wednesday night afterwards. And it's interesting when there's more reporting going on and you hear from the staff that was there that said, actually, it wasn't a party. It was a group of friends that got together for dinner. It was supposed to be much bigger, but the players then scaled it down because of the events. And it was players that sort of came together and they did a great, one of the staff members said they did a great job of just cheering up the staff members. And, you know, sometimes when you suffer trauma, you're around people that are closest to you. My family ordered pizza on Wednesday night. Should we not have done that? Should people have not have eaten? Like maybe some one of the best things you can do is be around people that you love and talk through it and talk about it. But it's how it's phrased of they went and threw a party as if there was some celebration for what happened, as opposed to then the reporting comes out and the real story comes out of actually that was scaled down. It was supposed to be that. But then it was then a select few players and their wives that had dinner there. And oh, my look, they were smiling in a picture with the staff members. Oh, look, Travis Kelsey smiling in a picture. With a police officer. Is he supposed to tell the police? No. No. The work that you guys did today, I won't take a selfie with you. No, no, no. No, no, no. Too bad. Too bad. I'm not going to take a selfie because somebody might think that I'm just uh, being callous about what took place today because I'm taking, because I'm smiling in a selfie with you, officer, that put your life on the line on a daily basis. And the other officers that sprung into action like they did. Now, you know, uh, the staff here at Grand Flume, no, we're not going to take a picture with you. Sorry. Not going to happen. Nope, because that might get out and we might be smiling and people might think that we don't care about them because we we're, we're actually have smiles on our face um, and we're trying to cheer up other people. There are a lot of things that can happen all at once, you know, and 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 going to the hospital with um, Patrick and Brittany, you know, they don't have to do that. When Taylor the only, doesn't have to donate. When the only thing you need is a working email to put your opinion <laughs> out, That's right. there's just going to be a ton of bad ones. Yeah. And I need to ignore them, and I know that. That's uh, an issue that I have, and I had, I've uh, admitted that before. I've talked about that before. It is definitely something that um, I need to work on because there could be 99 positive things and the one negative thing that people say. It's like, well, why did you say that? But you know. It's not your fault. You know, it, just... it, is, it is absolutely. Will you blame my mom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm blaming these idiots. These idiots just need to go away. Uh, <laughs> Dylan says, thanks, Mom. Uh, Jason, it's not your fault, okay? I blame your parents. <laughs> it's their fault that you're focusing on those things. <laughs> um, on a serious note, there is an update uh, as of about, uh, I think, 30 minutes ago. Uh, this coming from the 16th Judicial Circuit Court of Missouri, Jackson County Family Court Division. Two juveniles were charged. On Thursday, February 15, 2024, by the Office of the Juvenile Officer related to the incident at the Chiefs Rally on February 14, 2024, the juveniles are currently detained in secure detention at the Juvenile Detention Center on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. It is anticipated that additional charges are expected in the future as the investigation by the KCPD continues. Pursuant to Missouri law, hearings are not open to the public as this alleged offense involves juveniles. This is the extent of the information that the Office of the Juvenile Officer can release at this time. Charges are brought against the two individuals, juveniles, uh, that were detained. As um, yesterday, Chief uh, Stacy Graves said that they are anticipating charges. They have 24 hours to, um, to detain the individuals before they must be charged. There is an anticipation. They are working closely with the prosecutor's office to do that, and the prosecutor's office working closely with the Jackson County Family Court Division because of the juvenile aspect of this. Charges are brought of gun-related charges and resisting arrest. It is anticipated additional charges 
are expected there. There's a lot of other things that will take place along the way uh, as the story continues to develop. We will take a time out. We'll come back. We will continue rolling. And we'll be joined by uh, Chastity Logston, um, who uh, uh, played a role on Wednesday in being heroic and stepping up. And uh, these stories are the things that continue to give you hope in the world um, and to keep you moving forward when um, there are certainly some things that would keep you uh, just uh, looking back constantly. So we'll take a time out. We will talk with Chastity Logston coming up next. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Dylan Michaels. We head up until 2 o'clock. You know, we've been sort of uh, going back and forth today in the show that we've been discussing some sports and, and moving forward a little bit while also still discussing the events of Wednesday. You know, yesterday's show was uh, was uh, specifically and strictly about those things that took place and our experiences and things like that. And joining us now, very pleased to be joined by uh, Chastity Logston, who was there present at the parade on Wednesday and was there near the stage when everything happened and then sprung into action like someone who is uh, trained, I guess, in that or just instinctually. But first of all, Chastity, thank you for joining us. I'm assuming the last couple of days have been crazy for you. I hope that you have made it back safe and uh, trying to get a little bit of rest and and, um, and maybe process some of the things yourself. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I made it back home safe. At like 3 a.m., so like 2 a.m. Um, Kansas time or Missouri time, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, so like I wasn't really by, like I didn't go by the parade area. I was more by like the parking garage area on mm-hmm. that side um, of Union Station um, because we had tried to go up to the front of the station or like by Union Station to be able to see closer because we got there at, like, 6 o'clock, but, I mean, we left Salina at, like, oh, I think it was, like, <clears throat> like 3 o'clock in the morning or something. Wow. So we had, like, pulled into um, the west side parking lot, our parking garage around, oh, I think it was, like, 5.57, my clock said, on my, in my car. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh, well, this is great because then, like, the kids can just sleep, you know, and, um, and then we can just go find a place. Well... <laughs> yeah, no, like, people were, like, standing there. I'm not moving. I'm not doing any of this, whatever. And I'm like, whatever. Let's just go back by the grass, and we'll lay a blanket down and put yeah. some chairs down. And um, when they come up on the stage, we'll, like, watch them or whatever. And so we're just, like, sitting there, and then, like, literally... It was probably around 145, 145. Like, Ladarius Need had, like, just gotten done talking. And I remember, like, um, Chris Jones got done talking. And, um, I mean, I've loved the Chiefs my whole life. Like, I can remember being five years old, watching Joe Montana and Marcus Allen. Um, like, all the bad years. Like, mm-hmm. So this year, like, my my oldest son is five, and next year he'll be going into kindergarten. And I had said when we beat the Ravens, and my husband's, like, a newly per, profound 
because he loves Lamar Jackson being from Louisville. And so, anyways, I said if we beat the Ravens, I was like, I'm going to that parade because I I don't know when I'm going to be able to come back for another one since my kids are going to be in school, you know? Yeah. Um. So I had, like, made the decision, and I was like, literally, I drive all night on Monday, was like, slept a little bit with my family, got up, went to the parade, and then um, we were just, like, sitting there or whatever. Well, I was, like, standing closer to the stage, but my mom and my kids were tired, and my nieces were tired, so um, they were, like, sitting there on the on the blanket and stuff and just having fun. <clears throat> well, he had... Ladarius or somebody had, like, just gotten done and speaking, and I was like, man, I'm tired. I think I'm going to go ask my mom if she's ready to, like, load up and go, like, and we can walk to the the car. And so um, I, like, went over to my mom. I'm like, are you ready to go, Mom? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, I think, yeah, if you are, I don't care. And I was like, okay. So I was, like, picking up the blanket and the lawn chairs and stuff, and then, like, you just hear pop, 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 and, like, some people were like, oh, it's, like, fireworks, because it was the end of, like, the celebration or whatever, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> everybody was like, it's fire, it's just fireworks. Well, then, no, like, literally two seconds later, people are like, get down, get down, get down, get down, and um, I, like, I was standing on the west side by... I guess I wish I could, like, explain it to you. Okay, so um, there's the parking garage on the west side, and then you know where um, those flagpoles are that are, like, in the grassy area? Like, Mm -hmm. there's two sets of flagpoles. There's the ones on the my right side, so but on the left side of Union Station, and then there's the other three sets. Well, we were sitting, like, really close to that flagpole, those flagpoles that were by on on my left, mm-hmm. my left, Union Station's right. And I'm like, I had this chair in my hand and like this lawn chair and I had the bag and I was like putting the lawn chair in that. And I just like, went, then the shots like ring out or whatever. And I mean, it was literally moments. Like when I tell you like, it was moments like I don't even know like the scene wasn't even clear and people were just running running for their lives because they were like still saying that somebody was like had a gun or was running and I just seen a guy laying there with and some woman like um and I like was walking like I seen it and I dropped the the lawn chair bag and I said here I gave it to my niece who's 14, and I said, here, take this, and I started walking over by by him, and my mom's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I said, I'm, I was like telling her to like, just go, go, like, and I was trying to tell my niece, my oldest niece, like, take them to the parking garage. I know where we parked. Just get to the parking garage, but my mom would not leave, like, me, because she just saw me going over there and I didn't know if like bullets were still being shot or what and so I literally like went over to him and her 
and she was like holding his head and I was like where did he get shot and she said in the head and I was like does he have a pulse and she said I don't know so I like knelt down and I I didn't feel a pulse so I immediately started compressions um and then all I really remember is like this person coming and saying like I'm a medic I'm a medic and I was like I'm a nurse but my family's waiting so you go ahead and do your thing and um I like got up and I like this room and I just remember like just walking just trying to get my family to the parking garage so that we could like decompress the uh, you you talked about like heading that way and your mom asking you what what are you doing um is is that sort of maybe the experience dealing with trauma to you know not necessarily think about your safety because you said you didn't know at that point if you know bullets were yeah i didn't know if yeah i didn't know if the scene was safe like i literally was like but but, it did, um, but you didn't, I was kind of quiet. Did that did that like come into of, your mind? Just like I just need to go over here, whether it's safe or not. I see somebody laying there, and this is what I do yeah. in my life. Yeah, this uh, that's pretty much what it was. Like I, I was like, um, like other people have asked me, like, what did he look like, and what did she look like, and honestly, that's all blur. Yeah. I can't really, I I don't. I remember seeing the red medic bag when the medic said, "I'm a medic," and um. I said, I'm a nurse, but um, my family's waiting on me, so, like, I need to go. And I don't really know. Like, it was literally, like, 25, 25, 50 feet from where we were at. Is that just, I mean, the instincts to go to the commotion? Did, did has that, I, I mean, I've, I, I don't know. It's, if it's never ever happened, happened to me before. before. Other, like, other people have asked me that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just. Did you know that I that was going to be your, 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 uh, did you, like, if people like, well, if I was there, I wonder what I would do. Have you ever thought that to yourself and just like, I wonder what I would do? Or is that in your mind of, well, I wonder what I would do? No, I know what I would do because that's simply, if you're an ER nurse, there's something in you that wants to do that anyway, that wants to help. Right. I don't. I don't think that, like, I ever would be like, oh, this is what I would do. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know if I would if I would say that I knew. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, um, but something just came over me. I don't, I don't, I can't really explain it. I, like, stood there and looked. And, honestly, it was like, oh, my God, that's somebody, someone. If that hmm. makes any sense. I know that, like, yeah. it was quiet. You know, like I had, that, I heard like all of those shots. Um, did you know? It was, like, did you know it was gunshots when you heard it, or did you think it was fireworks as well? Like what, what some of uh, the people thought. Um, at first, I thought maybe it was like fireworks, but then I saw people ducking. Yeah, and like it just was like a. I don't even know how to explain. I don't even know how to explain how, like, how how we realized that it was really gunshots, like. Um. I literally was like, ah, and then like, as I approached the, as I approached him, I did see like a gun laying there with what I presume was a clip. It looked like, it looked like, uh, like a Glock, but like, I don't like a handgun, but I don't, I don't want to say any kind of, I don't know. I'm not like, I mean, I have no idea what what mm-hmm. type of gun it was. I don't know. You know, I just was like, uh, you know, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I just 
like the last few days, like all I've done is cry because I was like, I could have done so much more, you know, like so much, I could have stayed there longer, but I also was concerned for my family's sake. And like, I needed to get my little children, like I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and I just needed to get my children and my, my nieces safe and my mom safe. And I don't know, but I did hear that, like, they're saying that, like, all, they're thinking that all of the the patients or victims, I guess I want to say, are probably going to make a full recovery. So. I was going to say, have you heard anything think- about or, or uh, have any idea who this person was that you may have saved their lives by how quickly you sprung into action yeah, no, administering CPR? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't know who it was. I know what he was wearing i know i mean i have no idea i i don't i don't know his name i don't know anything like that um but would i mean you you, um, you said that um you you've you're, you've been crying because you wish you could have done more um yeah i mean you 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 did a lot i mean you you ran i know to, i know I mean, and like uh, all of my family members and like all my friends are like you've d- you did everything you you knew what to do and i was like yeah, but I felt like my compressions weren't strong enough. Like, I just was there until the medics got there, and I don't know. I guess I just what I've replayed so many things over in my head the last few days that like I don't I don't really know. I know that like like people are like, oh, I know what I'd do in that situation. I don't think I can actually answer that that answer, and I. I didn't even know that I was going to do it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how I, I would I, react. I mean, I don't know. I, my, my kid's there. If I, you know, the fight or flight, if I would have just immediately, you know, ran like everybody else, I'm not trained in the ER part of it. I'm not trained of dealing with trauma like you are. And I, I, I you know, you mentioned that you've been crying for, for different reasons. And one of the things that I was wondering as it relates to you personally, if, you know, you're an ER nurse, you've seen some of these things before, you've seen trauma like that come into the hospital that dealing with it or processing it uh, different in your personal life uh, to see that and uh, to help uh, when that's going on as opposed to this is my work life, I'm walking into the hospital and I know this, these are things that are going to happen? Um, I mean, like, I I try to keep both of my work life and my home life separate, if that makes any separate, if Absolutely. that makes any difference. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I try to not ever take my my work home, but there was just something inside of me that was like, oh my God, he's laying on the ground. There's blood. Like I, I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it was my train. Like I have training, like, you know, I'm BLS certified. I'm, I'm TAL certified. I'm ACLS certified. I'm TNCC certified. Um, and like people have asked me like, why were you so compelled to go over there? And I'm like, it's not that I was compelled to go over there. I just, in my heart of hearts, you know, that's somebody, someone, and I would want the same thing for me if if yeah. that happened to my loved one. I mean, ultimately, that's yeah. that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, we've heard we've heard stories of of heroism and we've heard and we've seen, you know, different people stepping up and trying to do what they can. And certainly you are part of that. And, and I'm very glad that. One, you grew up a Chiefs fan. Um, and oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I've 
Like, I've been through the worst of the worst. Yeah. I remember when we went 2-14. and 14, right. um, I mean, I live in Salina. I was born and raised in Salina, Kansas. But let me tell you, that makes no difference. We would make the drive every weekend. Wow. We were season ticket holders for a while. Um, and... And it's cool that you get to pass that down not, to your kids and, and get to pass that yeah, down to your kids you, and not the Ravens so, part of it. So that's good, too. Yeah. <laughs> in a non-serious So that's moment. what I was trying to do, yes. you know, by going to the parade, like showing them like, wow, you know, like this forever. Is this is what it's I, like I, to root I, for a winner, you know? Yeah. Like forever I've waited for, you know, like yeah. them to be good. You know, like I remember Derek Thomas, Neil Smith. I remember Elvis Gerback. I remember... Rich Gannon, and mm-hmm. I was so angry when, like, we didn't keep Rich Gannon and he went to the Raiders. I know, yeah. And, and like, ugh, I could go on and on. But, like, and you won't find a more diehard Chiefs fan. Like, I, like, anybody that personally knows me, they know. <laughs> like, I am, like, I live, breathe, and it's Chiefs football, KU basketball, and um, Royals baseball. I mean, like, but and anytime I see, like, somebody with a Chiefs jersey on, I'm like, go Chiefs, like, even around <laughs> here. And, like, right. people that I work with in the ER, they're like, the other day I seen somebody walking down, like, one of our halls, and he had a Chiefs hoodie on. I was like, go Chiefs. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And my friend was with me, and he's like, dude, you're going to make me love the Chiefs. <laughs> and I was like, good. Well, yeah, that's, that's the plan. The yeah, like, that's exactly right. That's yeah, the point. Yes, that's, that's, I uh, that's the point. see. I don't get the fun um, looks when I walk around Louisville with Chiefs gear on. I don't get those. I, I get the glares. <laughs> you know, I get those things. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, way. lately I've been getting those too. Yeah, like because yeah. I wear it faithfully. I mean, yes. I have friends when we won the Super Bowl. I have friends that um, were texting me from college. And I was like, she lives in California. She's like, congratulations. And I was like, um, you out of everybody know, like, know how diehard I was. And she's like, oh, I know. Since I met you in 2007, you have loved that team forever. And I was like, I know. Um, and I just never in a million years thought bringing my children back so that they could see the love that I've loved forever, um, something like this would ever happen. Yeah, I think everybody is sort of in that boat. And and I'll say this, um, uh, we all appreciate the fact that you were there um, and having um, whatever was inside of you to go and, and spring into action. And, um, you know, there is uh, one fatality, and that is awful, and it's terrible, and it's sad, and, and we've been thinking about her family. Uh, but you might have um, had saved somebody else's life if you did not spring into action. And certainly we appreciate all the heroics of that day and you being a part of that as well. And, and Chastity, I'm glad that you got back home. Hopefully that you can get some rest and and continue yeah. to try to process it yourself. Um, and, uh, and we really appreciate you coming on and sort of giving your story. And um, I get to go work tonight. So wow, oh, well, they don't give you the day off. You you might have saved somebody's life. You don't you don't you get to take a couple of days of personal days for yourself. No, I don't yeah. work like that. I know. Yes, it doesn't. <laughs> well, that's that's why you do what you do, uh, Chastity. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And uh, and thank you for doing what you did on Wednesday as well. Oh no, I mean I would do it for anybody. Life yeah. is short. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate that. All right.
Absolutely. There's uh, there's Chastity Loxton. She uh, was there at the parade on Wednesday. Um, there's, you know, so many different videos that are going around. And um, one of those uh, social media videos showed somebody springing into action and administering CPR and chest compressions. And that was Chastity Loxton growing up in uh, Salina, Kansas, a diehard cheese fan. Um, and how about that? Uh, living in Louisville with a Ravens husband. There we go. See, and passing down the love of the Chiefs to her children. That's what it meant to come back here to Kansas City for the parade so that she could pass down that Chiefs love uh, to her children. And, um, and and she needed to be there for a reason. Uh, we, we know that now. We'll take a timeout. We will come back and uh, we will uh, talk with uh, Kendall Gammon on the other side of the break. More Zone next.